Welcome to another episode of the Gaming Blues Podcast. This makes episode 23, I think. 24? 23. Can't count. This is what happens when you name your first episode, episode 0, and that just screws everything up. This is another solo one because it is a topic that might not really excite Darren as much. We are today talking about the Guilty Gear Stribe event that happened a couple of days ago in Japan. Now, I wasn't paying attention to the game because the the gap between the announcements were really far. I'm not really sure the last one. I think the last one happened in, I want to say July, or maybe it was August. But it did pop out of nowhere, and it caught my attention where everyone in Japan was talking about it. And the major FGC streamers were also talking about it. And these even... These events are really good because they usually announce one or two characters and gives the developers a chance to talk about any new additions or any new changes that might happen to the game. And before the event, we didn't really have an, um, like a release date to the game. We knew it was coming to PS3 and PS4, I think. We knew it was coming to Steam. So a lot of information we were looking forward to because this was the event right after they made a sign or made the you know the pr- prospective players and the fan base like a gigantic survey and it allowed people to give an opinion about the beta and whatnot there are little bits of information here and there through the i think the backdoor development updates and the various analysis that the major fgc people did um Giuna, Majin obama Maximilian. So this event was very exciting because we were looking forward to like, what are they going to announce this time? Are they going to announce a legacy character or are they, are they going to announce a brand new character maybe? I think a lot of people were expecting it to be a return of a legacy character given by the developers releasing a poll of like what characters they were looking forward to. A lot, a lot of people were alluding to Biken coming back. A lot of people were alluding to Bridget coming back because it was um, like the number one on the charts uh, they put out. So a lot of big expectations were going into this event. But before that, this podcast is available on major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. It was also available on Podbean. Search Gaming Blues Podcast on your favorite podcast platform to get the latest episode sent straight to your device. Follow and leave us a comment and all that fun stuff. Now back to the event. I am I have the trailer on loop right now, and for those who did watch it, the the first character they showed off after a lengthy demonstration, um, a bunch of pro one on ones, was indeed Giovanna. This is a brand new character, and it was a direction that nobody expected because everyone was expecting, oh, Biken's going to come back, or oh, it's going to be Bridget, or even Anji. And the first impression of this character is like, holy shit, this character looks awesome. And as a player that loves playing Rushdown and kind of like really fast-paced, making the opponent kind of um, like second-think their buttons and kind of like keep pressuring them for them to make a mistake kind of play style, I was super excited. It's like she kicks, she hits, she has a pet wolf, and the theme music was right on. And it was like kind of like a Beastie Boys type music where 
it was different from the other tracks where they more all like traditional Guilty Gear metal style. So it was like kind of refreshing to see. And I think the biggest thing I saw was a and for a character that kicks a lot, she had like another other familiar moves you might find in like other fighting game characters, like that, like some of the like iconic moves. And I thought, holy shit, I can see like a Vegito standing L attack in there. I can see Spiral Arrow. Or is it Spyro? Can it? No, it is Spyro Arrow, not the Cannon Spike. Um, Kami's Spyro Arrow look alike from Street Fighter. I can see Huarang's um, triple kick move in the air. I'm not really. I can't remember what the move was. I did post on Twitter, and she was super fast paced, like a KOF character. Like all that mashed into one. Like the best parts of other games, like kicking characters, molded into one. And she also has a spirit. And like all Guilty Gear characters, she has this, she has her own distinctive style in like really baggy pants, and like oh like a chest opener shirt. But that's besides the point. But the overall impression was, it wasn't like oh look it's another wife of character. It was more like oh god, this character looks really fun to play, and that's really rare in video games I think these days because. You know, visuals sell a lot, and given by the popularity of, you know, Genshin Impact, for instance, and any other gacha system that uses very visually attractive characters, quote unquote, to sell the games, and even Riot Games, where they're pushing the whole KDA aspect, like K-pop um, visual styles and their skins, and they literally dedicated a whole character to be and be an imaginary idol. But that's like another story. And given Guilty Gear's release record of new characters, not Legacy, and not in Strive, because um, if you go by order, the latest character they announced was Millennia, uh, Millia, sorry. <clears throat> like the latest character announced that was Millia Rage, or at least the return of. And if you look at that character. She used to. She is dressed from head to toe in clothing. Like that's like an opposite philosophy of how well, I don't want to say Japanese developers, but like how like most developers treat their female characters in terms of like their visuals. And then the other two like character they announced was uh, Ramathal Valentine, and she's literally almost wearing. Well, I guess it is a bit different from her Exard costume where her. She only had a jacket, and rest of her when I covered in bandages. I guess she is wearing more of a jacket and an actual pants this time around. And seeing Giovanna in the initial trailer was like, wow, like she's not scantily dressed, or like she actually like doesn't have much revealing clothes. And it was actually interesting to see them. Well, I'm not sure if they like meant to do this, but her character design and the first impression was. More focused towards her gameplay rather than what she like just visually looks like, and I think a lot of other people really agree that her character design is astounding and really attractive for all the right reasons. I'm not. I'm pretty sure I'm not phrasing this correctly, but like simply put, Giovanna looks to be a great character as like a first impression. Great moves, great style, great music. I wish. Um, they put a little bit of her voice lines in there, maybe, but maybe that's coming. Obviously, they don't really add the voice lines in these initial trailers because obviously they didn't record it or 
they didn't have it ready in time, but that's okay. It's like an initial first trailer. Um, like initially I played Chip as a as my character during the beta because there was only a couple, and com Chip seems to be the closest thing to a rushdown character, whereas other characters were more. I grab you once you die, and other character is I cause so much chaos on the screen you can't see anything. So I was wondering for a more I was hoping for a more traditional rushdown character in the announcements, and I was expecting Jam to be in there because she, sorry I played her in the well, I played her in the XR era, but seeing Giovanna like that take center stage and just. You know, grasp my attention, like from the get-go, makes me very excited to actually get the the next beta because hopefully she's included, so I can actually see how she plays. Like, but from the initial looks of the trailers, I think she's very promising to be a my main, b a character that's really interesting, and c mechanic-wise, I want to see how she integrates herself with the the puppy slash wolf. Reading her description, she's supposed to be the president's aide within the universe of the Guilty Gear Strive, and apparently she lets the spirit kind of like possess her、um, during combat to kind of strengthen her abilities and moves. So very looking forward to seeing what she does and what kind of role she plays in the the story of Strive, because that's still a mystery. Still to this day, we did get a story trailer. And it really didn't say much because all we saw was people just walking, staring at things, and vague descriptions. And of course, you know that's like the point of these trailers. Like they want you to keep talking, like keep talking, and have discourse around like what could it possibly mean, and pick up hints here and there to actually like raise hype for the game. And that's like marketing one on one. So yeah, looking very forward to Giovanna. Um, hoping she's in the beta. And then after that trailer, we did get a glimpse of the next character that is going to get announced in January next year. And I mean, they tried to be clever and try. Or I don't think they wanted to be clever. Like it's pretty obvious who it is. Given like if you follow Guilty Guilty Gear, and there's only like one person who uses like dual fans, you know, as like a combat style, and that's、uh, Mito Anji. And he was also in Exard. So,、um, if you played Viking Story in Exard Revolution Two, he was actually in the cutscenes. So I'm guessing, like, story-wise, since I think this takes place after Rev Two, I think it makes sense for him to be in like the roster, like story sense, and you know, people actually wanted him to. So. I I didn't really play Anji in the like the like the other Guilty Gear games, but it seems like a lot of the OGs are really excited to have him on the roster. So, I mean, if Giovanna is making all the OGs and the new people happy, and you know, introduction of or the reveal of Mido Anji is making Anji Mido Mido Anji, I don't know, is making all the OGs happy. So everyone's happy. So that's all good and dandy. Kind of said the next announcement is going to happen in the new year, and that means we might not get in a beta until the new year. And that being said, we did get a release date on April thirtieth. 
April 30th? Yeah, April 30th for PS4, PS5, and Steam. Now, we actually got a release date, and a lot of people were thinking that initially it's going to release at the holidays, but they did announce they're going to delay the game somewhat, and it seems we're going to get it end of Q1 2020. Um, one reason I can think of is that obviously, you know, more time to polish is good. But I so also think release date wise, around that time, maybe they might release a next gen stick, like the fight stick. And that might be a good time to release this game with it. So people might get the game and the stick at the same time, you know, and kind of serves that purpose. And usually all the fighting game tournaments happen around summertime. I mean, the one, the biggest one is used to be EVO, but with all the controversies, I'm not sure what's going to be, you know, like the, the tournament that kind of takes EVO's spot. I can think of Combo Breaker and CEO tournaments. Um, community was something, something Orlando. Yeah, the CEO tournaments held by, um, what's his name? Um, Jabali, yeah. Oh god, I'm like, I'm really slow today. And but with COVID, it's kind of hard to imagine what the tournament scape is going to be like. Usually, you release a game around before, like a couple of months before the tournament, to build hype and be like, "Hey, we're going to be having this game at our tournament," and it's a great way to promote the game and attract, like, kind of, kind of grow your community because it's like the one chance where. Even if you're not like a hardcore guilty game, guilty gear player, <clears throat> you might have a chance to actually win in a tournament because it's a brand new game. I mean, a lot of players, a lot of the characters still play the same, but still, it's still like a new game, and it's a great way for people who weren't part of the guilty gear universe slash franchise slash community to actually join in and enjoy the game, you know, and like to grow the scene per se. I'm kind of sad that it's releasing late because I don't really care for the PS5 version since it's like a fighting game. Like it's not going to run any faster on like the next-gen consoles. I mean, loading time might be quicker, but that's like whatever. I run, ran the game during the beta and like the loading time wasn't that bad. The one thing I kind of worry is that how crossplay slash... Like, well, it is crossplay, yeah. It is kind of guaranteed in a way that PS, the PlayStation ecosystem will play with each other fine. For example, if I have a PS4 version and my friend has a PS5 version, I can almost guarantee that I can play the PS5 player on Guilty Gear Strive. If they didn't and actually had PS4 had the PS5 have different servers, that'd be very questionable. And that's super alienating your audience. And I doubt they're going to do that because obviously there's going to be more players within the PS4 sector compared to PS5 because not everyone's going to buy PS5 um, at launch or by April. They might, but I doubt it'll reach the same number of PS4 that's across the world right now. And also there's Steam. Steam version, obviously, 
you know, Arxis game, they never had console slash um, PC cross crossplay before. The only one I can think of is like I think Street Fighter has it, and uh, other. I'm pretty sure Tekken doesn't have it. I think Street Fighter might be only one amongst like other. Maybe Skullgirls had it too. And I know for a fact that Blast Blue Cross Tech didn't have it. I think, and don't quote me on that. But I mean, Guilty Gear has a chance to be the first game that first major, or I guess like big party. Is it even big party? It's like it's not even a first. Like I, I like Guilty Gear, but I'm not sure if people will think that they're on the level of Capcom in terms of size. I mean, the franchise itself is very popular. Like the popularity is on the par level of Street Fighter, I can say. But like, are they really a big, big company? I guess. Who knows? But the point is, Guilty Gear Strive has the opportunity to become kind of define what fighting game standards are in next gen, like next generation of consoles. Because right now. There's no announcement for Street Fighter 6. There's no announcement for Tekken 8 or Tekken Tag Tournament 3. There's no announcement for Soul Calibur 7 or anything, any sequel within the next half year or so that's going to be announced and released because all the current-gen fighting games just announced a new season pass. That means they're just going to ride that till maybe Q1 or end of the year. I really hope that Discord beep didn't get recorded. Oh my god. So that being said, there's the only fighting game that's releasing that's new is Guilty Gear Strive. So they have the opportunity to be the first next-gen... I don't know what next-gen is anymore. So next generation of fighting game to include... To possibly include, not, not saying they will, that will include cross-play across PlayStation and PC... That's actually good. And the first fighting game <clears throat> of next gen to actually have built in. Hold on. I'm going to turn off fucking Discord because your beeping is fucking. So, Guilty Gear Strive has the opportunity to become the first fighting game of this new generation, quote unquote, next generation. But the next generation is going to happen in November. So, is it going to be this generation? Who knows? To be. To kind of set the standard for fighting game in terms of how the online interaction works. They can be the first major fighting game of the next gen, not this gen, to come with rollback included as their set net code. And they have the opportunity to provide crossplay across Steam and PC. Um, PS3, uh, PS4 slash PS5. I think crossplay is a big one if they do include it, because after playing Blast Blue, sorry, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, I realized that the player base for that game was super split across PS4 and PC, and I'm in the West Coast, and it was really hard to find rooms in the west coast servers and most of them were in the east coast and i asked my friend who bought the pc version and like how's the ranked lobby population over there 
and they said at least for the western servers aka not including the asia servers it was mostly empty and you can only play find people playing during like specific hours now if you introduce crossplay obviously you're combining all the player base into one server meaning you don't have to you know buy a specific version just to have a play with a, like a bigger crowd I mean, my stick work, works across PS4 and PC, so I, I don't really care on that front, but still. <clears throat> the fact that I can just play on my, you know, PC and still play with my friend who has a PS4 version and vice versa, it's very comforting because not all of my friends who play fighting games own a good enough PC. They usually play on consoles. And usually the tournaments are played on consoles anyway, and that's where a lot of the people flock to. <coughs> I don't want to touch on like the rollback netcode part because I have zero knowledge of <coughs> how rollback works. A lot more people who are knowledgeable than me has talked about it. If you really want to learn about it, go watch the Killer Instinct. Actually, no, it is the the. Like I think it's a YouTube video made by Keats, one of the developers who... I want to say he made Skullgirls or Zero... Mm. Let's see. Talking Netcode, yeah. So I was right. Go watch the Killer Instinct documentary called Fight On. It's made by Hold Back to Block. It's made by the incredible talented Esteban. And there is a portion of that documentary where he talks with Adam Keats Hart. <coughs> ah, uh, he's a developer and he implemented rollback netcode in his fighting games. And he talks, explains like how it works and like why it's good. And if you follow him on Twitter, he always gives opinion about why other developers don't do it when some people actually have the ability to do it very quote unquote easily. I mean, just watch the documentary. But the conclusion is rollback netcode good and should be or hopefully is a standard for the like the all fighting games because there are proof that or you can see it, like it is evident that games with rollback netcode performs better than delayed based, based netcode. Now I'm not like one of those like oh my god we like a rollback you know netcode like a bandwagoner. But I'm just saying I played uh, Killer Instinct with my friend uh, who lives in the same city and the connection was flawless in Killer Instinct whereas the connection in other games that doesn't use rollback netco was kind of delayed just saying you know they did say they're going or looking into implementing rollback netcode from the get-go in their developer update so the future is bright on that part so we'll have to see i guess we'll see in january what happens if they actually show the rollback netcode version of the game in the next beta which i assume if it's releasing on april it should be around February or March before they go gold. So hopefully we can see more about that when that happens. Now, 
Their news broke today because they released an interview with Famitsu, a Japanese gaming magazine. And this was another part of the beta that a lot of the people had very、mm, highly opinionated thoughts on. Is, it is the online lobby system. Now, traditionally, the very basic foundation of an online fighting game lobby is you just go search. And you get matched up with an opponent, it like immediately, and or you enter a quote unquote lobby system, a waiting room where you can see a little bar with like the various player information, and you, ch- you choose to like get matched up with a certain player within a menu system. So it's basically a basic, you know, functioning UI. Now, Arx's system has a history of taking this concept a bit further. Where they made mini, a miniature game within itself to actually join a match online. They have created mini arcade cabinets where you pick an avatar based on the actual characters within the game. And you can go to an arcade cabinet, sit down, and actually have someone else sit in the same cabinet for it to engage in a match. Some people found this tedious because you're doing extra work to achieve the same goal, which is finding a match. Some people liked it because it kind of adds like more interac- interactivity to it rather than just playing the like, lobby menu the game. During the Stripe beta, they took this a little bit further in a way where they added another level of interactivity within the lobby system. Where visual wise, it was a questionable direction because every, everything was pixelated. Whereas before, it was 3D shell cell shaded characters. So, 2D characters pixelated, and you can kind of dress up your characters with various clothing masks, and you can give them a weapon to whack with. And the way you enter a match with another person was you go close to them and you press the you know, fight button. Initiate fight button, and they go into this animation where they constantly like, strike swords or weapons against each other. And this was the, the UI indication that these two are engaged in a match. So you can't really. So you don't have to assume, like, this per, oh, is this person available for a match? No, they're actually just fighting with these other people. So you, you, know, you can go find other people. And they also added a new take on the rank system where it's similar to how the, the battle tower in Hunter x Hunter worked, where you start at the base tower, or I guess like the zero level, and you participate in a few matches to kind of determine where you rank amongst the tower. And the better you do, or the stronger you are, you advance further up the tower. And the higher you get, The players are more skilled or actually really good at the game, and the very top will be like quote unquote the gods of the games. Probably like really pros will sit there. A lot of people hated this idea because, it, again, it added more steps into getting into a match and actually took away the, the point system, which a lot of people are used to. So they took away badges like,、um, let's see, the Don. Dawn ranking system, destroyer, and whatever from like in Tekken. And are the usual bronze, silver, gold, platinum, 
system in Street Fighter. And any other like Grand Blue also the oh, sorry Grand yeah Grand, Grand Blue also does like the letter rankings and like the mineral rankings and like the battle points. But I think in Guilty Gear Strive Beta, from what I could see, it was just all based on floors. So it took the traditional concept and just added this more. You are progressing up the tower, and the like the floor you're in kind of determines your level instead of keeping. A quantifiable points that you accumulate that goes ups and downs depending on how you perform. A lot of people hated this because, for one thing, some people actually liked the points because kind of because it kind of gave them the idea of like where they sit and compare to other players. Obviously, a lot of competitive games do this in terms of the minerals, where like bronze, silver, gold, uh, platinum, diamond, and all that kind of determines your bragging rights and kind of helps you measure how you fare against other players around your skill level. <clears throat> and also adding like the floor system and actual for the player have to navigate around to find a player. Again, added an extra step to the you know the online matchmaking process. And I think Maximilian said the best where he doesn't really give a shit about those things. I mean, this is paraphrasing, but what he wants in a fighting game is he wants to, to turn on the game, go to online, and get it in a match as soon as possible with the best netcode, so he can play more matches within the time period as humanly possible. He just wants to play. He doesn't want to do anything else like going around whacking people with、um, pixel sticks or anything like that. He just wants to play the game, and that is the end goal of a fighting game. When you're playing online, or anything, any game for that matter, when you go online, your goal is to play, get into the game as soon as possible, to enjoy the game as soon as possible. Adding extra steps to that is delaying that overall goal of you getting into the game, or getting into the matches to enjoy the game. So anything like hinders that is just a distraction and is bad in terms of game,、uh, the user experience. I agree to with that. To a degree, because I'm used to playing online fighting games where it just matches me out right away, and they just put me in practice mode. I play Tekken online a fair amount, not the amount where I go like got higher ranks, but enough to kind of justify, you know, what I want from a online fighting game lobby. So, so what I want is same as Max. If I press find a find a match. It enters the you know finding match algorithm and it just puts me in practice mode, something like that. Putting me in the guilty gear guilty gear stripe style, where I have to actually go find the players to match up with, can be tedious. And yes, it does add an extra layer of me having to do stuff to find matches online. At the same time. I do kind of like what the direction they're going, somewhat. For a, it, this, that like the lobby system they're making, like the hotel style. A, it'll be easier to find your friends, and match up with them right away. I mean, obviously you can just add, you know, it's more quicker to add your friends via like the friend list style or Steam, and you can just qu- quickly invite them to play, like. It's ba- like just do that, right? But if you, in this way, you can actually see your friend there instead of like. No, I I, th- I think it'll be I think he'll be better. Like it sounds it sounds like it's adding an extra step, but the fact that 
you know, in this hotel room, you can actually just find your friends there. I think they're going for a more social aspect to it. I'm not sure. Like overall, the pixelated stuff doesn't make any sense to me, but I think there are some benefits to doing this. I just can't, you know, coherently express myself. But what I can coherently express myself is on is the whole, the aspect of climbing the tower instead of having like a battle point. And here's why. Playing online, some for some people, including myself, playing online game is very stressful at times because the anxiety, like performance anxiety, is super high. In fighting games, it's, it's not as much because compared to other games where I'm part of a team, the anxiety that comes with, oh, I'm letting my team down. Oh, like if I suck, my team will lose. And like they're going to like say something or they're going to comment on it. The fear and anxiety that comes with from that kind of you know, pressure that comes with playing online games, even if it's just like playing a game, there's still like the, the anxiety and like the feeling of dread that comes when you play <clears throat> in like a competitive setting is, you know, hard to deal with sometimes. And that's why people just play with friends because at least, you know, you're with friends. And even if you suck, you just laugh it off. But again, with strangers, it's, it's really hard sometimes. And that's one of the reasons that really prevents me from playing any online game with like a solo queue because you know i don't want to have to deal with that shit and given how like the savage like the online community is it's kind of hard to actually enjoy solo queue experience and that's like the only way to actually climb the ladder if you don't have the consistent people to play with <clears throat> but fighting games it's just one versus one so the anxiety level isn't there but still the the fear of playing online still kind of like creeps in the back of the back of my head let's just use me for example and all these things that are prone to that comes with like a point system and a mineral ranking system can be kind of stressful and kind of makes me not enjoy the game sometimes and just stick to you know casual matches seeing things like oh you lost a couple of points oh you're going to be demoted like next time if you lose oh you're you reach silver oh welcome to bronze and all these connotations that kind of belong with like, oh, you're less than gold, my, you fucking scrub, like stop playing the game, man, get off the server. And things like that, like kind of adds up. And you're just supposed to be like, you know, enjoy the experience, right? But then again, all these like negative connotations that comes with, you know, failing is kind of hard to deal with sometimes. I'm, I'm trying to have fun, but if I lose and the game tells me that I suck, and kind of adds on to kind of prove and tell me that I suck. It's kind of disheartening. Now, the obvious solution to this is, you know, get good, right? Obviously, if you practice and get good, I mean, losing is part of fighting games. And that's what you have to deal with. Like, it's a learning process. Nobody's going to be good from the get-go. Like, everyone starts from somewhere, right? Like, you got to start from the bottom, from the ground to reach the top. And I think I like where the floor system comes in because if we, if I don't have to deal with points and my only concern is that, oh, I'm just like moving up the levels and the the satisfaction that comes with the game telling me, oh, you're good enough to reach the next level, like the next level of floors of the, like the different competitors. I think that's a more positive reinforcement than telling me that, Oh, you grinded enough to get enough points 
to reach the next mineral level. Now you're the super bronze or you're like the super diamond. I think... <laughs> ah. I think I'm just going back to the whole like the hunter x hunter aspect where going up the stairs kind of gave you this mindset that like, you are improving. Like obviously like if you're moving up the stairs and moving to the different levels the kind of mindset is different that compared to oh you reached silver compared to like hey you reached a floor 50 of this tower now well now this is like the new people you get to play with like they feel this they feel the same overall like if you look at it it's a, it's the same thing right you just go you're just changing your title of it all but the aspect of you're actually climbing the tower is an aspect that's really interesting to me now if they just combine the two aspects of just keep the same old really quick fast-paced matchmaking through menus and keep the tower aspect like the climbing the tower hunter x hunter style i think that might satisfy both you know the the ogs and the new people because the new people don't have to deal with the annoyance of like oh i got batched in bronze oh i got like batched in silver it's more like, hey, I'm like, I'm on like this floor. Like one day, I'll just ca like climb up the tower and reach that floor. Like the and the OG people can be just satisfied with like, hey, I'm like at this floor, like, and you beat someone else on the other, another floor, and that makes you go higher. Like reaching in the higher pedestal is, I think, more rewarding than rank. At least that's in, that's my opinion. At least I like I like that experience during the beta. Like um, after I won a couple of matches, actually moved me up a floor, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm actually seeing it visually climbing up the ladder." Because I think overall the point system is more of a grind than actual like skill level. I mean, we'll have to see what they actually do with the the floor system in the future betas. But I think if they do implement it correctly, even though the pixel system is kind of wonky and Hopefully they made some changes to it. Who knows? But I think this might change how ranked or like a ranking system works in a fighting game. And I think that might be better for the long run. In my opinion. I just want to get my hands on the game because I really want to play. I really want to play Giovanna right now because I really had fun with Chip. Um, you can see my dumb shenanigans I had with Chip during the first beta. And you can be goddamn sure I'm going to be waking up at 5 a.m. to play the next one. And that's it for all the Guilty Gear news. I mean, they announced a lot of other stuff like fragrances, watches, stickers. They announced a special edition where you get a color swap for Soul in the color of Kai. That's kind of cool. But none of the actual physical... Uh, merchandising are confirmed for the West. So for the time being, all those cool watches, collaboration with Seiko, and the Guilty Gear Kai and Soul fragrances will have to wait, and will be a Japan exclusive only. It's going to be fun waiting for this game because obviously, this is the only next gen fighting game in the next six months. 
unless Capcom decides to revive Street Fighter somehow. And maybe Bandai, Bandai Namco will announce Tekken Tech 3 or just go straight to Tekken 8. Who knows? Tekken 7 story mode ended in kind of a weird cliffhanger. So I want to see what happens with that. So a lot of things to look forward to. But for the time being, still riding on the Giovanna hype. And I hope she turns out to be a very fun char- character to play. And that's it for this app. For a solo app, I dabbled on for 40 minutes, and I'm super proud of that. And I'm getting really good at talking. I'm also super proud of that. I am super thankful for all my listeners. We reached freaking double digits on the last episode. I'm super happy about that. Thank you for all your support. Stick, trying to stick to a consistent recording schedule right now. And the next one will be with Darren, and we will be talking, and it's long overdue. And giving you our takes on the PlayStation 5 launch and our thoughts on the things that were announced during the live stream event and all the debacles that happened with the pre-orders and anything we found interesting with the PlayStation 5 itself. And that will be coming, well, I'll be recording that next week, but it will be released the week after this episode goes live. So trying to stick to a one-per-week episode and not to make myself burn out. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Again, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. I think iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio also has this. Search Gaming Blues Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us, leave us a like, leave a comment, leave feedback. Tell me who your favorite fighting game characters are. Who are you looking forward to in Guilty Gear Strive? Do you want to play me? Add me on PSN, DM me or something like that. I'm always looking to have, you know, find more sparring partners. And again, man, crossplay. That's going to be hype if they have it. All right. Um, And that's it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode of the Gaming Blues Podcast. Signing off. Nobody needs a plan for a